Welcome to Nerdia, your nerd media destination. I'm your host for today, Andre, and I'm joined by Enzo. Hey guys. Max. Hey, what's up? Nick. What's going on? We're four friends who get together to nerd out over the latest games, media, pop culture, and events, and we're here to bring you into our world. Today's episode is all about X-Men, my favorite comic, and we haven't seen anything from X-Men in a while, so figured why not talk about it, given that X-Men 97, the animated series, is due to be released sometime this year. We'll go to a little bit about the origins of X-Men, some of the key characters and our favorites, and the impact it has on pop culture and its future, especially in the MCU. All right, so before we get started into the episode, probably I know there's a lot of new uh, listeners and probably new X-Men followers, aka... Like me. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. X-Men Comics was created in the 1960s by writer Stan Lee and artist Jack Kirby. It is based on individuals called mutants, born with genetic variations that really grant them superhuman abilities. And... This can range from telepathy to super strength to shape-shifting and more. So before we get started on our chat for today, let's talk a little bit more about the origins. Max, I see you're a big X-Men follower. So what do you yeah. think about where and how X-Men started? Um, what can you share with the audience? Yeah, I feel like, I mean, X-Men's been around for a while now. I guess generally as it relates to the comics, like it was introduced in the 60s. You know, at that time, there were so many comics already developed. Like there was such a boom during that period. So many superheroes were created. Stanley specifically already introduced Spider-Man, Iron Man, the Hulk, Fantastic Four even. So, so many fan favorites. Actually, after reading up a little bit on it, it was inspired by, um, you know, the civil rights movement and uh, real like civil rights heroes, which is super interesting. And I think Stanley wanted to go a different direction with some of the comics that he had already created. And it was an interesting concept because it was unlike other superheroes where they started with like origin stories. I feel like he kind of went like a little bit of a lazier route and, uh, you know, just kind of started off as like, oh, I don't really need to give them a backstory. Like, let's just go into... One day, the world just started producing people that were either mutants or humans. And so I don't want to call that lazy. That's that's, that's called in medias res. I think yeah. we actually admit it. He was being a little lazy with it. <laughs> oh, well, well, then I rescind um, my earlier comment. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I mean, yeah, when no, you I, think about it, though, to Max's point, like when you have to give a backstory to someone, it not only like shapes the, the superhero, it shapes their abilities. Like Spider-Man got bit by a spider. So his abilities have to probably be spider-like, where when you don't really give them a backstory, he probably had a lot more creative freedom to give different powers to people. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I mean, I guess that helps, right? Because when you think about when the comics were launched, they were not a huge success. And I think over time, as they created new characters and really started building out some of those backstories that we probably should have had in the beginning, it really resonated more with the fans. Yeah, I, I think that the route that he took is a lot of other stories ended up kind of following suit. I think one that I know and watch is like My Hero Academia. Same concept. It was like, oh, one day 80% of the world started waking up with superpowers and like that was it. You didn't really need much else of a backstory and it, it works. So Great reference. Uh, this, yeah, this started, I think, a, a movement in um, how other superheroes and just like stories of comics and, and manga were created. But yeah, I think what was interesting too about the X-Men is that it's not just like a battle of like, oh, 
superheroes versus villains, like good versus evil, but they were actually also hated by normal humans, like normal humans despised mutants. And that shaped a lot of the story of the comics, which is a super interesting approach because normally these are the people that, you know, they're defending, but they're not getting the credit for it pretty much uh, or, or not being appreciated. So very um, civil war like. <laughs> yeah. And so it's it's very it, it, at the time it was very relative to what was going on. And yeah, it's I also think a little bit more like adult to take those stances and kind of weave in those extra layer to the characters where I feel like yeah. a lot of the superhero stories before that were very like, here's the good guys. Here's the bad guys. Here's the action. It feels like X-Men was the first time they tried to like push the boundaries there a little bit to be more than just good versus evil. Yeah. Yeah, and I really like that. And I think that's probably what drove me to everything else I've liked after that is because it wasn't as simple as a black and white situation in that people are complex. And I think that's, as a kid, that certainly like helped, you know, formulate some of those kind of ideas and thoughts in, in my mind as well and how I view things in reality. So it wasn't just a one dimension it like characters has so much behind them and then when you start introducing some of their backstories and not even to get to like let's just say magneto for example when you think about his backstory and there's a lot that goes into that as well so so yeah so i think x-men definitely brought up a lot more on that like social issue overall i i think that, that was like the impetus for charles xavier bringing the team together initially in the 60s was that sort of in universe he wanted you know the humans to see that the mutants aren't bad guys they're that they're good guys and that they're helping humans and you know it wasn't um until a little bit later that magneto's backstory was fully fleshed out you know at first he was just kind of like a villain you know bent on world domination but yeah even he had a, a nice oh, it's not nice but important backstory uh, involving the holocaust yeah that's not right. to get ahead of myself but i think he's supposed to be leading the x-men in the revival of x-men 97 is Magneto's leading the team now or something like that, or that's where it's picking up. That's possible. I hadn't heard that, but I'm looking forward to that, actually. I, and I, I think because of these concepts, for whatever reason, the X-Men were like second tier comics for a while. And I think after like five or six years, it sh actually shut down. Like the comics stopped. And then now introducing new writers, Chris Claremont came into the picture actually brought in new characters like fan favorite wolverine he wasn't an original now he's a part of the team and uh yeah revamped the whole series and it, for the next 17 years it ultimately boomed i think it ended up over time um you know once it got to i think towards the the 90s i think it was 1991 marvel relaunched the x-men franchise it was x-men number one as the comic and ironically to this day no other comic has sold more which is crazy it racked in 8 million copies and achieved this, I think, because of the first issue coming out. It had five different like covers or copies. So like true fans needed to collect all five covers. It helped boost the sales. Uh, but mm -hmm. that, Enzo I know think, something about that. <laughs> yeah, it's Enzo like was the collector. Along. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because of that, I think it then started to boom and then, you know, introduce animated series, movies, etc. 
So I've heard the X-Men story arcs are the best, like out of all of Marvel in general. I've heard X-Men stories tend to have the strongest, especially under Chris's era. But I'll let you guys tell me that since I'm not the X-Men guru here. Yeah, I think so, because I feel like the characters has the most depth into them and they bring a lot more than just your normal sort of superheroes versus like other comics. But I mean, since you brought it up, Max, let's talk about the characters a bit, right? What are some of our favorite characters from going back to X-Men? I'm going to go last because obviously we saved the best for last, but... um, Debatable. I don't know. I feel like there's so many to choose from, which is is great about the X-Men. I really like Storm. I always was a huge fan of her and just like controlling weather, I think is like such a cool concept, um, kind of like elemental bending in a way. So that's, that's probably one of my avatar. Love it. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Getting oh, excited. Yeah. <laughs> now storm is supposed to be like one of the most powerful ones. Right. And she's always stood out to me too. So that's a really good one. Yeah. She's sick. So that'd be my, what else were you going to say? Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, I was going to say I have that one. I, I don't know if anyone else is going to have this one, too. I really like Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler is pretty sick. Um, just being able to kind of like I, I don't even know how to describe the power. It's just kind of like teleporting from like different areas. Yeah. Yeah. So sick. That one's that one's pretty cool. All right. OK. What about you, Nick? Uh, Nightcrawler definitely is one of my favorites, but it's it's kind of funny because the original team is not really sort of my favorite. I mean, Iceman is kind of cool now, but like his his original persona was kind of meh. Um, yeah, so Nightcrawler, obviously Wolverine. Who doesn't love Wolverine? But then also Gambit. And so I'll say Gambit. I mean, he was just so cool. Like, there's no other way to like explain his personality. Gambit's a and cool he was one. a big deal in the... Uh, Wait, when the movie came out, he had they did definitely portray him in the movie as well and he had just that that cool like laid back yeah sleek sort of effect yeah, yeah that was um x-men origins wolverine i think he was in they didn't do like a great job of him like he, he had a, a small portion of the movie but yeah i mean just oozed like coolness suave um i, I mean i should probably tell you what his powers are he yeah you've got me thinking like what powers could they be <laughs> sorry the newbie <laughs> to the x-men group here andre will probably have to correct me on the specifics of the power but the short version is that he could throw the playing cards that were like supercharged I- i'm not sure what kind of energy it was i want to say like kinetic energy is that right sound right yeah honestly it feels like he was like a ninja in a way of like yeah like just like tossing like yeah like instead of throwing stars they're actual playing cards yeah okay that's pretty cool but he was like you know kind of like french louisiana bayou you know his name was remy he was like a part of a league of assassins so like really a lot more like a ninja than you probably thought when he first said that but yeah he was just he was just so cool he had his like bow staff um kind of like donatello from ninja turtles he had nothing to do with his powers he just used it yeah just wanted Um, to so yeah he was really cool here and there yeah Kind of his close range weapon. Yeah. Yeah. And so did you have anyone yeah. or you're going to let so, us go to? I mean, I, since I know very little, it's probably Cyclops just because he's like kind of like the leader of the group and always taking charge. He kind of reminds me of like the Captain America of X-Men a little bit, just yeah, has kinda. that vibe. So I'd have to pick him, although I probably need to actually get into X-Men and then I'll revisit this question one day and let you know who's my favorite. We need a homework for you. For after this episode, <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, 
what is the one what is the one thing Enzo must watch or do as it relates to X Men? He's got to watch there's, there's all so much ten movies. He's got to watch <laughs> well, the whole I think, animated like, series. Would help. <laughs> like I was actually gonna ask you guys. So what? Like where does someone start who doesn't really know much about X Men? Like where would I start if I wanted to get into it? Like what's the movie or the show that I need to start with first? That's that's tough. I, I mean, there's. It's like two questions. Where does one start if they want to see the whole thing? And where does one go if they just need to see one thing? Those two different, very different questions. I would say... I mean, I think the X-Men, the movie in that came out in 2000, probably would do it. Because they introduced the storyline of Nicer. And then I would skip to X-Men um, Days of Future Past. Because then it brings some of the tension wires tension as well between um, humans and mutants a little bit more overall. See, I would say, I mean, unless if you want to see the whole, you know, everything. Yeah. Started X-Men 2000. I mean, it's a classic. It's the best. It's, it's like the Renaissance for, you know, superhero movies. Yeah. But X-Men's great. Yeah. I would say X-Men first class. Like if you're just going to see one thing, I think that does probably a better intro story. Yeah. Okay. So Lorenzo, to give you context, there was X-Men and then there was X2 and then the third one. And that kind of closed out the trilogy pretty much in the 2000s. I remember seeing one in early 2000 and that's like the only reason why I know any of these characters names. So it probably was X1 or X-Men, whatever, you, like that yeah. first one you guys were talking about. I remember Storm came in and saved the day and she was awesome. So is that the same movie? <laughs> <laughs> that's probably X-Men from 2000, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's probably it. Okay, so I've seen that one a long time ago. I definitely need to rewatch it now that I'm like more into this. So I'll come back with thoughts and opinions in the future of who's my actual favorite character. But for now, it's Cyclops. Good. When X-Men 97 finally comes out, maybe we need to revisit this and you need to have your homework done by then. <laughs> but do I need to watch the original <laughs> anime before getting into 97 is the question. Mm-hmm. Do I do it the right way oh. or do I just jump in halfway through? <laughs> yeah, the cartoon version, I feel like I, it kind of goes in different. They're all different stories, right? So it's like you pick up. I, I would recommend if you start with the, either the show or the original X-Men movie or like X-Men first class was then like when they started doing another story, like just start with one of the first in the okay. series and then it let that play out. Yeah, it would be my, my recommendation because right. they're all different stories pretty much. Gotcha. So like it's kind of like the idea. remakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Lorenzo, it's kind of like the remakes of like Spider-Man. Either you want to start with Peter Parker, Andrew Garfield okay. or... Gotcha. but you don't want to hop around because then it doesn't make yeah. sense so that makes sense that'd be my recommendation except for days of future past which does hop around and uses both storylines and both timelines at the same time <laughs> we won't confuse him i could tell so his brain is spinning already <laughs> that just made me spin but we're good all right andre you're up last but not yeah. least all right what's I, your favorite character i mean listen before we even get into my favorite i feel like Andre there are has two like characters going. I, He's like, before I, I get into my I long know, list. I have, I have my, like, I cannot stand two characters in X-Men. And this is not popular opinion at all whatsoever. But I am not a fan of Cyclops. And I'm not a fan of the Jean Grey. <laughs> I pick one out of hundreds of mutants. <laughs> yeah. I honestly, I feel like the duo 
I always find them annoying, no matter if it's the animated series, to the comics, to the movies. I do like Phoenix, though. And so that's where I go into my favorite characters. I would pick, overall, if it's for, like, superpowers, I would go with Phoenix and Magneto. Magneto being the top. But if it's, like, more for personality and, like, more real life, I would definitely go with a Storm or Mystique as, as my two. I love Mystique. So good. And by the way, Enzo, Phoenix and Jean Grey are the same person. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Oh, isn't that Phoenix really an antagonist? That's it. Wait, isn't Phoenix the antagonist, though, of one of them? Well, Dark Phoenix is. Dark Phoenix. Not okay. Phoenix. All right. Well, that's helping. <laughs> there's, there's a lot to make going it even on. Worse. There's a lot going on. <laughs> I mean, just, I guess, for the background, um, they went on a mission to space and... Jean Grey, to save the team, ended up sacrificing herself in space and came back as Phoenix. Okay. And really, the Phoenix is more of a, like, cosmic force that merged with her kind of conscious self. Okay, that helps. So that, like, makes any sense. Yeah. It would enhance her powers. So, yeah, exactly. It's a power enhancer Talk about her, no background her... to these characters. It's <laughs> supposed to just be born with this power. <laughs> Kidding, kidding. Makes well, sense. she was one of the most um, powerful psychics before the Phoenix Force, so... So just made Either it way. even yeah. more intense. I know, and honestly, this is why I'm very annoyed with her as a character, is because Tell us she, how you really feel. I always felt like she... <laughs> she always supposed to be the most, like, powerful, but then really, she always felt like she's struggling the whole time yeah, in, the, in the series. I, like, I don't know, there's something about her, like, it's almost like she never... I don't know if it's like the self-belief. I find her a little bit weaker as a character, as Jean Grey. Until that happens. I would agree. You said Magneto was another one, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, Mag yeah, Magneto for me is definitely more like around the... For me, he has the power, right? Like, if you think about he can control and generate sort of... Um, Magnetism. Magnetic, yeah. So everything around us really has magnet in it. So, like, he can control and manipulate pretty much all of that he uses that to levitate he uses that to protect himself he uses it for attacking so it like he's like an all like all around sort of superhero to me from that perspective and then when i think about his character and his story backline i feel like there's a lot to him as a person he's not necessarily a villain um i think his stance is a lot more around mo morality yeah he has a different perspective or view on the world yeah that's a good way of a good way of looking at it and then it's like that's just like the dueling component that is x-men it's like the villains are they really just like wanting to see the world burn not really like some of them do but then some of them just want to change like world order so it's like a very complex type of story yeah exactly and now like if we think about that in the impact it has had on culture overall. Nick, you're the media and gaming sort of expert guru. How do you think the franchise has done overall since inception? Well, as we briefly laid out earlier, the first run of X-Men wasn't, you know, groundbreaking and it did stop production for a few years until Chris Claremont picked it back up in was it 75? It then became the highest selling comic book, again, as we've mentioned. But yeah, even outselling, you know, The Amazing Spider Man, which 
is Marvel's sort of crown jewel. And then when it comes to the movie universes, before X-Men 2000, you had things like Blade, the Batman and the Superman movies, but not really like a lot of movies. And especially the Batman movies and very campy, uh, very 60s-esque, not like big blockbuster titles. X-Men 2000 comes out and it just radically changes everything. I mean, it broke records. I think X-Men 2 was greenlit the Saturday of the release of X-Men 2000. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Which wasn't even called X-Men 2000 then. It was just called X-Men. But so, you know, very important. You have Spider-Man released by Sony, I want to say two years later, and then X-Men 2 the year after that in 2003. So it was the founding father of the MCU. You know, this was a Fox property back then. Yeah, bought out by Disney now. So everything's back in the house of mouse. Yeah, but I have to say, I feel like they got a lot of backlash with, like, um, X-Men The Last Stand and how it ended. Yeah, there was some controversy. What did you guys think of that? Yeah, of the of the trilogy, the third one, I didn't feel like delivered as much. Like, the first and second were amazing. And I feel like, to Nick, your point, like, Spider-Man came out around then. Like, that was, like, a golden age of, like, superhero movies being like revamped almost like like you said you had older like batman and like superman stuff but this was like i feel like people were like wow these are like uh, it started to really boost the movies and just like the concept of going to the movies to watch superhero films you're 100 percent um specifically regarding uh, x-men 3 brett ratner was the director for that as opposed to brian singer for the first two so and there was some controversy there i, I forget what allegations uh, specifically but there was a reason he exited. And I think anytime the vision gets disrupted, that's that's what happens. I mean, spoiler alert, uh, you know, Cyclops dies in the first like two minutes of the movie. And like, does he die? It kind of happens off screen. What's going on? And it never really gets explained. They're just it's just like a way to OK, he he's out of the picture now. Wolverine was the most popular character. So he you know led that movie. Yeah, they rely heavily on Wolverine in that one. But I feel like, you know, what, what I would compare the last thing to for X-Men is like a the Game of Thrones series. I feel like the way Game of Thrones series oh, ended versus the X-Men, it was, it was like that in my mind of like, you had such high expectations. Obviously, we, it's a movie, like it's a comic that's going to continue perpetually, right? But it felt like an ending similar to Game of Thrones and how everyone was just like disappointed. That's an upsetting that. reference, but yeah. Yeah, don't even get me started. I, <laughs> I will die on that hill of Game of Thrones and the ending just being the worst thing I've ever seen. Just totally botched it, but I get the reference. But yeah, but like, you and you could tell as well that they, even with like the later movies after that, it's almost like they're trying to undo it. In my mind, that's kind of how I kind of yeah. see it. It's like them trying to undo the movie by introducing other storylines in different plot, like different twists, but they haven't gone back to that actual to see, like, what does that mean? I'm still wondering, are they going to actually redo a new X-Men movie? Hope, especially now in the MCU, like, what does oh, that look like as well? Disney is yeah, not going to let coming. their massive acquisition of Fox <laughs> go to waste. They're going to milk that for all it's worth. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Ke- Kevin Feige has already stated that it's coming yeah. soon. And a lot of those, I feel like we're going to go down a, a rabbit hole here, but a lot of those reports are a few years old now. And I think it's really interesting because um, Jonathan Majors was fired uh, from his role as Kang the Conqueror. And that really disrupts the MCU. Do they recast him? Some actors like John Boyega said, 
no, I'm not interested. I'm not doing it. I'm not taking the role. Do they go with a different villain? Dr. Doom has been floated around. Galactus has been floated around. Do they bring you know the X-Men in earlier than they had initially? Because I yeah. think Fantastic Four was supposed to debut first. Yeah, so Fantastic Four, they've actually like formally announced. And that uh, obviously got pushed out because the writer strikes. But they have confirmed like that movie's in the works. And X-Men was always supposed to come in around Phase 7, is what speculation has said. That was supposed to happen around 2026. Let's see if that actually happens. Maybe they'll move up the timelines. Maybe it got pushed out because of all those strikes that went on. So when X-Men enters Marvel is going to be interesting. Fahey's already kind of like sprinkled mutants throughout the MCU, though. Like, we already know many of them. Miss Marvel, for example, is considered a mutant. They had, she had her own TV show. Another one is the antagonist in Wakanda 2. Namor is his name, if you guys saw him. Um, he's actually considered a mutant. So they have shown mutants throughout the MCU, and they're starting to kind of pick up speed there. And then, of course, Professor X, his cameo in Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. So, of course, that was just a tease. That. But that was obviously like a big, like, yeah. oh, my God moment for fans to finally see that. So I think the hype train is starting. And... Kevin Feige has a plan, and I'm sure he knows how he wants them to kind of enter the universe. But we'll see how the disruption of firing Kang is going to work and how that's going to kind of throw things off. Although I'm not sure if X-Men was going to enter the multiversal war saga or if that was going to be like towards the end of the saga and kind of kick off phase three of Marvel. The next, the I, next think, phase. Yeah. I think that was the original plan, or at least, you know, again, speculation. But I mean, we're forgetting that the only MCU movie coming out this year is Deadpool 3. Yep. Deadpool is a mutant, yeah. And we've all seen the set photos of Wolverine in there, and then, you know, Colossus and all the other ones. Yeah, I definitely think after Wolverine gets shown in Deadpool 3, there's going to be something definitive that comes after that. I feel like that's when a lot of the MCU hype for bringing in X-Men is going to really kick off. So I feel like we'll kind of get more after that, whether that's some sort of show or just some sort of announcement of when X-Men is going to be joining the MCU. Don't get your hopes too high because they'll probably just remake another movie of Wolverine. Because he has at least two already out there. He's definitely going to get a... Hugh Jackman's amazing, first of all. So I think... He, and he's such like a great actor to work with. Yeah. Like a lot of these big studios love working with him. Yeah. So I would not be surprised yeah. if he gets another movie. That, that was his big break, by the way, in Hollywood. Hugh Jackman. I mean, X-Men was his first like star role. And what catapulted his career. He was Broadway career. performer, I think. Yeah, but that, like as far as, you know, Hollywood blockbusters go. No, that's crazy. Now, I feel like, and you think about like Wolverine and like Hugh Jackman, like you can't think about one and not the other. Like it is such a like apparent role that he's Anonymous. played that he'll he'll forever be known as Wolverine. So if they in the future cast someone else, I just feel like it's going to take a while for fans to register that. My wife was watching The Greatest Showman, and I'm like, oh my god, Wolverine's in this? <laughs> like not even calling him Hugh Jackman. <laughs> yeah, no, he's such a staple. Like he, yeah, he crushed it. Oh, yeah. And I, um, I don't want to forget think one more thing. I, I, I feel like I can't not mention this is, um, you know, it impact on society as well. There was a moment in X-Men 2 where they're on the run. Our heroes, we go to Bobby Drake, Iceman's home, and like it gets outed that he's a mutant, like his family didn't know. And there's just so many parallels. Like they ask him, like, have you tried not being a human, uh, not being a human, not being a mutant? And it's like, if you were 
alive then, you know that this was a parable to the LGBT community and and coming out to your parents and how they react. And so, I mean, between that and its civil rights origins, I mean, it really has impacted you know, our society in so many ways. It was ahead of its time for when it came out. And I think that's another reason what made it so successful and resonates so deeply with people. I think, especially now more than ever, I feel like X-Men really has what it needs to be just as successful as it was, and if not more successful now. Interestingly, I feel like it's made it successful and also kept it going. But I also don't think X-Men is the most successful of some of those franchises. So like when you think of like Spider-Man or Fantastic Four or the Avengers, where do you guys feel like X-Men stack up against those franchises? When you think about the films, the series to even potential games as well. What's interesting to me is it almost feels like history is repeating itself. When you think back in time when Stanley created the X-Men, the Avengers already existed, Fantastic Four already existed, DC Comics already existed. People were yearning for another team of superheroes, and that's what really sparked Stanley to come up with the X-Men. It kind of feels like a parallel to modern day, where I'd say X-Men is currently on the back burner compared to its competition. And after Marvel just had this insanely successful Thanos saga, the first three phases of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Marvel really pushed the boundaries for what a superhero movie could be with the Avengers. DC's really been trying to emulate the same idea of a cinematic universe, and although they have been relevant with continuously releasing movies and films with many of their beloved characters, their films have just not hit the same way as the Marvel films have. Many of them lack conviction, they lack cohesion, and more importantly, they kind of lack that overarching storytelling. And now DC just scooped up James Gunn from Marvel after that whole situation to help revamp their cinematic universe and what it could look like for DC. So all of this is to say, I definitely think the Marvel brands like Avengers, Fantastic Four, Sony Spider-Man, and even DC Comics are more at the forefront right now. X-Men might be at the bottom only because they haven't had the right content out there to keep them as relevant. But I definitely think the runway is there for X-Men to kind of rise to the top, just like they did back in the 70s when Chris Claremont took over the X-Men franchise. That's a great point, actually, because I was going to say it's kind of an unfair question because the Avengers is, you know, a multi-billion dollar franchise. But that wasn't the case in the early 2000s. I would have easily said that X-Men was on you know, the top dog then, but we haven't had a lot of X-Men content. Part of that is because of the, the movie rights and they, they put sort of X-Men comics on the back burner because they wanted the, the synergy of pushing the comics of the movies they were doing and vice versa. Good point. Yeah. No, I would definitely accept that argument, Nick, because they have put X-Men overall in the back burner over the past few years. So that would explain, to some extent, the success you've had with Spider-Man and also the Avengers up until this point. Yeah, and that's actually what I was going to say was like, I feel like they are the like unsung hero, like they're the underdog almost. Like when you think about teams of superheroes, you obviously have Justice League, Avengers, X-Men. Like those are the big three, and I feel like X-Men are always kind of put in the shadow but at the same time, the Marvel Universe hasn't really done as well over the past like year or so. Like the, I don't know what phase this is right now, but it's like losing attention. I feel like the Justice League movies, 
everything there was just a disaster. They need a reboot. So I feel like people are ready for X-Men. Like we've had, it's been a while since X-Men. So I feel like if that's to come out pretty soon, like I feel like audiences would be ready for something new, like a fresh kind of start as to how they're going to introduce their, their storylines. So you're saying X-Men, the plot also mirrors X-Men in real life, always coming in to save the day. But always unappreciated. Yes. Unappreciated. Yeah, very good point. No, I feel like truly (laughs) it is underappreciated. Like it had its run. And then, you know, it took a step back and some of these other franchises had their runs. And I feel like it is time for them to be reintroduced. So I'm excited to see how they do it. All right. So we think it's time. So what do we think the future looks like for X-Men? Nick, Enzo, I know you guys are all into MCU overall. Are there any specific themes that you guys want to highlight or things that fan speculations that we think are really going to make it to the next phase for X-Men? Sure. Well, um, first of all, we briefly touched this uh, moments ago, but I mean, there's certain things like, you know, we didn't mention that Magneto's daughter is Scarlet Witch. And Scarlet Witch is a, you know, a member of the Avengers and had a a big part of Multiverse of Madness, Doctor Strange. Do we get her back in some capacity? There's speculation Wanda didn't die in Doctor Strange. So I hope so. I I I love Wanda. Yeah, I I love Wanda. I think her powers are just awesome. And I feel like we finally like got her story arc, Um, but I won't go down that rabbit hole. So I really would like to see them kind of bring back Wanda in some capacity and then kind of tie it back to Magneto. I think that'd be a really good way to bring it back. Um, Yeah. And then her brother, Quicksilver, same thing. mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's Magneto's child. Forgot about Quicksilver. That's right. Mm -hmm. They showed him in WandaVision. That was a huge moment. Yeah. I I thought that that was like their way of bringing him back. And I I thought that was really cool. It's sad that it didn't last, but I think that was awesome. I also think they have more they could do with Wakanda. So I know in the comics, Storm actually has a relationship with T'Challa. And obviously, like, they kind of ended the T'Challa story for obvious reasons. Um, So sad. I love T'Challa. Rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. He's great. But curious if they can bring Storm into that story in some way. I think that would be awesome. I mean, you guys talked about Wanda, but you probably can also say there's been speculation with her maybe tapping into that Phoenix Force as well in WandaVit. So I think that would be an interesting, like how that comes back to Phoenix and how has she awakened Phoenix effectively. I think that could be a nice like way to transition into MCU as well. Yeah, it's funny because there's so many, I mean, these are just a few of the things that have been mentioned and any of them could really work to bring the X-Men into the universe. I mean, it it could be Deadpool 3, you know, it could be that the writer's strike has not pushed back the X-Men, but has pushed them forward. I mean, there's so many possibilities. So Nick, since you're the closest to Deadpool, do you have any Deadpool specific theories or do you think Wolverine's probably just going to be like a cameo in it? Or do you, can you see some sort of storyline splitting out of Deadpool? Yeah. So I've tried to uh, not spoil it for myself. So I might not be as in tune as I would be otherwise, but he's not going to be some cameo. Um, He's going to have a major role in the movie. I mean, Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman are friends in real life. They're pretty close. And for years, Ryan Reynolds has been trying to get Hugh Jackman to play Wolverine with him. And they, you know, finally got it to work, which you you thought would never be the case after Logan came out. um, Because, again, spoiler, he dies in that. And that's supposed to be the end of, of Hugh Jackman's run as Wolverine. It's, you know, a very powerful movie and a tearful goodbye to him, as well as Patrick Stewart's Charles Xavier. 
though he already came back in Multiverse of Madness with that cameo. So I don't know exactly how it's going to happen, but Deadpool breaks the fourth wall all of the time. And we've already established that there's a multiverse out there. So there's so many creative ways that you can just bring them in. The perfect excuse for every untied knot in throughout all of Marvel and superhero history is just say that there's another universe out there where that happened. (laughs) It's like, oh, this character is dead. No, they're not. Let's bring them back. They need to make more money. Let's throw them back in. I mean, that was was how we got Gamora in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. So So yeah, it really is the the end all be all, the catch all to just, oh, we can't figure out how to do this. Uh, uh, They're out there somewhere. Uh, Yeah, multiverse. (laughs) Yeah, just why can't there be a multiverse for Game of Thrones? I'll stop. Yeah, where where season eight didn't <laughs> yeah, suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need another episode for that. You could totally see so many other franchises are profiting off the multiverse idea. Like I feel like a lot of video game things like Zelda and stuff like that are like, oh yeah, there's just multiple timelines. <laughs> so we'll I mean see. that yeah, that's Zelda too. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I think we've talked a lot about x-men today and you know what i think it's a good time to wrap up and for today i'd love to close the episode with a with a small poll on our social media for the fans which x-men power would you have if you could choose from some of the ones that we've listed as our favorites and i think we've talked about magneto generating and controlling you know magnetic fields teleportation telekinesis and shape-shifting is there anything else i've missed guys Unless you want to shoot laser beams from your eyes, but maybe we'll we'll leave that one out. <laughs> How about you don't want the um, smooth talker uh, gambit in this? <laughs> yeah, unless you want to chuck around some playing cards too, but I'll, I'll take the teleportation. I'm good. All right, guys. And just for a reminder for everyone, if you are a fan of Tekken, uh, Tekken 8 drops on January 26th, which is my sister's birthday. Um, so maybe she should get that for me for um just <laughs> as a little treat she should get that for you okay <laughs> yes that's exactly how it works isn't that how it works for birthdays yeah. um so guys obviously don't forget to pre-order your copy i have the ps5 now so i may or may not be buying it myself all right so thank you for tuning in to nerdia we hope we recruited some new x-men followers and hopefully enzo will do his homework and come back with you at least got one follower (laughs) yeah everyone obviously your support means the world to us we'd love to hear your ideas connect with us on social media at nerdier world on instagram and x and that's also where the poll will be posted and obviously if you enjoyed this episode share it with your friends and family together let's spread the word and grow our nerdier community New episodes are released on Wednesdays. Thank you for being part of our X-Men journey today. We'll catch you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys. See you guys.